Hello, Rob here. Today's episode features our old friend, the freelance investigative journalist, Carl Baker. After leaving the news journal, Carl has had several pieces published in local media that I wanted to turn folks' attention to. The first was for Delaware Online and was about the state of Wilmington's economic progress and how it was severely slowed by the COVID pandemic. It's a lot of BPG and corporate real estate info, office space vacancies, and so on. Carl does speak with residents of neighborhoods other than downtown, Trolley and the Riverfront, but the premise is that progress and success rely on corporate capital endeavors. The second piece was published by Delaware Public Media and reported on issues at the Port of Wilmington. The deal to sell the port to the Emirati Group golf tainer hasn't really lived up to all the hype. Members of the Longshoremen's Union are rumored to have had delays in pay, and other corporate entities connected with the port and contractors are locked in legal battles. My interest in having the discussion wasn't simply to cover the reporting. You can read the stories, and I think you should. They'll be linked uh, in the show notes, of course. My interest was to evaluate this in a broader context. Why is the future of our city dependent upon signing over the rights to public assets to private interests to cash in on for meager fees and rents? In my view, these stories are received in a superficial manner that leads to misunderstanding, and this happens in two ways. One, uh, the assumption is that we must do this. This is the only way to operate. Uh, it isn't. Two, that any ex exploitation of labor or, or loopholes or, or any corruption is like a car accident. Uh, it's an isolated incident of system failure or criminal behavior. It's not. As you will see, breaking the spell of capitalist realism can be a bit messy, uh, even when speaking with a journalist who reports on the inner workings of it every day. Uh, we went about two hours, so Super Producer Carl is going to have a super produced uh, living hell out of this episode. I will say that you're, if you're a fan of me getting myself worked into a lather, uh, you may really enjoy this one. Uh, but so anyway, uh, here's the show. From the shadow of Rockford Tower, behind enemy lines in the belly of the Delaware Way beast, this is the Highlands Bunker Podcast. Friends and comrades, hello. Uh, tonight, we're going back to our roots. Uh, we're going local, and we're in a discussion with independent journalist and friend of the show, Carl Baker. Hello, Carl. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me on. Of course. Uh, super producer Carl is on, as always, and he may... Um, he may chime in since we're going to be talking about some some local business. Uh, but before we get going, man, uh, tell us, uh, tell, uh, you know, you were, you were previously with the with the Delaware News Journal, Delaware Online. You are no longer with them. You're, you're you've struck out. You've 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 broken the chains of of the corporate uh, of, of, the, of the corporate man. And now you're out on your own. Um, and we're going to talk about some of the stuff that you've been working on uh, sort of out on your own. But I like. I, I kind of want to talk about your decision a little bit and like what you thought, um, kind of how you came to the decision to, I guess it's fair to say, sort of um, take a uh, take a buyout that was offered and sort of strike out on your own. Um, yeah, I'm interested in that because obviously we're we're we're, we're putting our toe in that independent journalism uh, pool 
we've been there, you know, we're all kind of swimming in it. And um, I'm just sort of interested in your thoughts just about it generally before we get into the two uh, big stories you dropped in the last month. Yeah, I mean, I for me, there were there were both personal reasons and, and kind of systemic professional reasons with with the industry. But with the latter, I, I, I think it, it, I, it was it's probably just an itch that I've been wanting to scratch for a while to to go back independent. I was I, I freelanced before coming to Delaware um, and, and I've had this uh, this vague plan to uh, to try to try to launch something and which I haven't done yet. It's still in the planning stages, but launch something that uh, that would kind of uh, uh, demonstrate hopefully a, a different model for uh, a different financial model for journalism. Essentially, I'm trying to I'm, I'm very slowly trying to build a website that will be able to uh, publish stories and have a paywall, an individual paywall for each story. So you pay for a story rather than a subscription. Um, and that's the nut of it. It might be 15 cents. It might be 25 cents per story. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, our friend, uh, our friend Lex Wilson, uh, came up with a cool, uh, cool idea about the, the news arcade sort of situation. Are you, that's, I, I actually think that's a cool idea because it's, yep. it is, it is con- completely unique and it's like, look, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be putting out, you know, local stories about, you know, the wide range of stuff that I've been covering anyway. And so if you want to pay, you know, kind of for each one, um, it's there. I thought that was actually pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. I, I mean, first, I, I think, I think it was kind of a collaborative conversation I was having with Lex. So it was, it was, <laughs> he's a good, yeah, he's a good collaborator was the name that, that, uh, figured out. But, um, yeah, I mean, the idea is, you if you run a story and, and you know the idea is that everybody reads from different publications today where 30 years ago you mostly read from your local paper and maybe one other paper or a magazine now everybody's online and everybody's reading from dozens of publications every month and very few people can afford a subscription to each of those publications every month but if you see something on twitter a story that looks like a good scoop you want to read it you want to support it but it's you know maybe the person who sees one of my stories is in california and they don't want a subscription to a delaware publication for a whole month they just want to see that one story that that idea is that will satisfy that demand yeah i think it's a it's a very unique idea and i know we kind of mentioned it on one of the one of the recordings after i had talked to you sort of about it and we're going to pump it here because i think it it's it's very cool. Um, I know you have sort of interests all around the country, so perhaps um, you know not every story will be sort of locally based here, but we'll definitely be following it because um, you know we we love the kind of work that you do. Um, and and uh, to that end, uh, let's talk about it. So last month uh, you published a story on Delaware Online Freelance called Wilmington at, Wilmington at a Crossroads, Pandemic Threatened City's Bright Future. Um, I, I'm assuming you didn't write the headline because I don't know who, who, who said the future was bright. Did somebody, did, did somebody say the future was going to be bright? Yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's kind of the story. And, you know, there are, there are a lot of signs. And, and I mean, I know, I know you, might, you might disagree with, with whether those signs are bright or not, but um, a lot of the 
the influencers in the state are looking at new plans for development, new uh, plans for logistics centers throughout the state and saying, this is a great moment. This is, they would, they are saying, this is a bright moment. We are gonna come out of the pandemic uh, with this powerhouse engine pushing us forward. Um, that's for the state as a whole. It's also being said for Wilmington locally, but despite that, there are there are some some there's some serious uncertainty uh, facing the city. Uh, it's tax base, and you know, really, the story looked at two things. Number one, it's tax base, and whether or not work from home would keep a lot of the suburban living downtown office workers at home, and therefore not paying a wage tax. And also kind of decreasing the hurting the, the already uh, vulnerable commercial real estate market in downtown Wilmington. That was one one uncertainty piece. And then the other one was was what has been uh, the problem of Wilmington for decades is, is that uh, this, you know, when money moves in, when we have billions of dollars in investment at certain places, how are you how do you make that? Uh, improve all neighborhoods. And that's that's not just a pandemic issue, but it is highlighted at the pandemic because so much of the so much of the economic hardship has been has been uh, focused on on low income people. Yeah, well, that's I think that's kind of why I started with this idea that it's a bright future. The bright future sort of depends upon and it's a sales pitch, right? And the sales pitch is that if we put enough cool shit here that um, professional people just like you will also come here and they'll go to the restaurants or they'll live at the new building on Pennsylvania Avenue or they'll go to the, the, the HaHa's new um, comedy place. And and by doing that, they'll either live here or, 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 or you know, kind of socialize here and the taxes that we get will go up. That's future. That's a bright future. That's success. The taxes will go up and the, uh, you know, not to speak like a, a financier, but the asset values will also go up. Great. The asset values will go up. Correct. All the assets. Oh, yes. All assets, values, numbers on spreadsheets will be much higher. There's no question about that. And I guess my question is, when we talk about the, the issues facing Wilmington, we talk about housing. We talk about crime and gun violence. We talk about mental health and, and health services and homelessness. Um, you know, Matt Meyer just did the city a huge solid, you know, kind of uh, taking on a homelessness issue that, you know, Przyki had no desire to solve. Um, same with mental health stuff. And I'm, I'm sure that at the Hope Center there uh, at the new uh, shelter and, and, and center for, for unhoused people, they're also getting services that, you know, they just did not want to, they did not want to give in the city. We've, we've covered that before. And so it, it's just interesting, this framing, and, and I agree with you, and, and I guess this is what I'm trying to get at, is, is there ever a discussion that the way that we calculate success or that the future could be bright because the asset value is going to go up only helps one kind of person. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think at least maybe that was my intent. I think the story is, is, you know, it reports what's happening. And, and I think the effect of that reporting would make a lot of readers think about that question that you just, you just posed. I mean, you know, there are, 
planned investments in the city. There have been a lot of investment. I mean, at Perzicki said during his uh, his his budget proposal, I guess it was a month and a half ago now or so, that there had been, I think it was $4 billion invested in the city, or I might, I think maybe I have that number wrong. Um, he, he quoted the number that was invested in the city over the last few years. Um, anyway, but, but the story talks to people who say, that that hasn't impacted me. I live a few blocks from this investment and my neighborhood is hasn't seen any sort of benefit from it. So I mean to answer your question, yeah, I mean I think that I think reporting on issues like reporting on things that happen like this naturally sparks that conversation. Yeah, and I think the biggest the b- biggest piece of this and this is what the kind of the crux of the uh, you know of your of your story is the the coronavirus pandemic has put a lot of stress on the concept that this is the way to be successful that the way to have a quote bright future is to do this because um you know i i worked down i don't understand that though oh, go ahead sorry I, I i'll tell you so the the explanation is this the explanation is that if we invest in this in, in, in these areas, in, in real estate development, in um, social and cultural stuff, uh, in transportation, but for cars, basically, and parking, uh, the stuff BPG does, basically, that that's going to attract a certain kind of consumer to live, to live here and do stuff here. However, the, what the coronavirus has shown is that if those people aren't downtown, or they're not going out in Trolley Square, then that whole concept, that whole theory just goes away. That whole theory doesn't work. And the reason I'm asking this is I'll tell you the story. I worked for a long time downtown when I was younger, just a few years ago, you know, all the time. I haven't in a while. And about two or three months ago, I went down at like 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning on a weekday morning um, to actually do some activism. And at 10 or 11 o'clock in the afternoon, the city was absolutely dead, desolate, ghost town. Now, again, I know why, because people aren't going into offices. They shouldn't be. People aren't going out to the places, you know, the places I enjoy, you know, Cavanaugh's or, or, or uh, you know, the different places on Market Street. So there's no one there. So this whole I, the, the whole concept of raising the numbers on a spreadsheet is contingent upon attracting just professional people here but not really contingent upon you know maybe addressing other social issues and so it's interesting i i i, I kind of want you to get into some of the some of the aspects of how the the pandemic and working from home has put a stress on this concept of how we're how uh, how we're all going to succeed because the tax base is going to go up. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, so j- just let's just like kind of pick that apart mechanically. So first of all, the the pandemic has has put pressure on the city because, like it, you know, I kind of hinted at earlier, a lot of the people that work downtown and pay wage taxes are don't live in the city. It, um, there's a lot of people who do, but a lot of them don't. Um, and if they're li- if they're not working in the city, they don't have to pay wage taxes. Um, so 
you're I, I tell me if I'm wrong. You're saying that that that's that's showing. I don't know if it's too strong to say a house of cards, but it's showing the how the current model is not sustainable. Correct. It it exposes the fact that people who who don't live here and might not have to work here, um, maybe that relying upon a professional, you know, managerial tax base mm-hmm. to, 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 to basically say we're a success and our future is bright. That whole, that whole idea is being sort of exposed here. I think, I mean, you, I think you do that yourself. I mean, you spoke to a, um, you spoke to a resident, uh, I think of West center city who basically said, say, uh, I spoke oh, to okay. a lot of them. That was, that was the one I, Oh, the one in the article was East Side, right? But like, yeah, I mean, uh, they do. Do you think that somebody and and she said it very clearly? I mean, nobody, nobody on East Side, I think, has has feels any different than they did ten years ago, or or has any or has any more hope because I mean, you can interject a billion dollars into Market Street and the Riverfront, um, but I don't know whether I don't know what that I, I, I I'm still. I'm not convinced that the premise of this uh, makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess if I can jump in real quick, I, yeah. um, I, I think, I think just about every city, rightly or wrongly, depends on like, you know, restaurant tax revenue, and 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 it, it relies on revenue generated from people with means. Um. Does Wilmington rely more than others? I, 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 I guess I haven't thought about that. I'm not sure, but um, hmm. I, I, I guess I guess I'll, I guess my point is just that that doesn't seem out of the ordinary, whether it's right or wrong. I, I, that's yeah. I, no, I think I think that's probably true. I, I don't know if it's out of the ordinary, um, but like you 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 had a you had an interesting thing in here. Maybe you can reflect on this, and maybe this will flesh it out a little bit. You talked to Przicki, and and Przicki in this article. Um, and, and, and for the record, I, I, uh, I didn't actually talk to him. I, I, they declined an interview, but I got, I got an email correspondence with his, uh, Oh, with Rago. Right. Yeah. Well, well, I, I know they were very, um, and, and you mentioned this and I guess this is from the email and it's from, it's from, uh, past sort of statements that he's made about Wilmington being fragile, um, that any, any sort of, and this kind of was, was tied into the black lives matter protests and all of that. And, and and basically saying like, you know, if if anybody acts up, that goes against our our sort of concept of of growth. Like no one, no professional managerial person is going to want to be here if people are you know sort of getting out of line. I mean, there's I think what he said is there's there's two million square feet of 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 uh, you know commercial real estate here that you know we got to fill of office space, not just commercial real estate specifically office space. But go ahead, sorry. No, no, that thank you for making that correction. I couldn't remember what it was. But yes. So just just of like just of regular office space. And so there's no there's Przicki can say and Rago can say, you know, we we understand that this instability whether it's coronavirus or or social uh, unrest for Black Lives Matter or whatever it is, we understand that that affects our uh, our concept of growth and, and making sure that the numbers on the spreadsheet go up and that our assets are more valuable. Um, but we never like, we, we never talk about like, well, how, 
how should we address like just that? Like if 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 Black Lives Matter and civil unrest or, or creates a situation where you know BPG is having trouble filling office space, should what should we do? Should we build a fancier restaurant or should we address the 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 uh, the grievances of the protesters? And I think it's always the former. And we never talk about the latter. We talk about the latter only as an impediment to, in, to uh, uh, economic growth, but never as an issue that could be addressed with whatever bright future, whatever we get from a bright future, never addresses the thing. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. I, now, I, I, I also in the story, uh, I talked about how, how Prozicki and, and the city council as a whole uh, have focused on on you know they've they've got this bundle of money from the um, latest uh, round of, of federal stimulus, um, and they're going to and 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 they focused on with it a, a lot of the the neighborhoods outside of kind of the downtown riverfront core. Uh, Prozicki has a or has proposed a program uh, that would give well I don't know all the details are in in the capital budget address it wasn't it didn't go into detail but essentially it sounded like it would give cash to homeowners to to renovate their own homes um and i think he would say and 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 supporters of his would say that that is that's that's not focusing on necessarily just just boosting the asset values of property owners downtown um and maybe you know you you work on all of these you have all these fronts and it lifts all the boats but um yeah i mean it doesn't lift all the boats i can just uh, that's yeah yeah no i know, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, I, but, I, i'm saying that's that's what he that's oh what i know he i yeah i i'm just yeah no you're you're, you're correct i <clears throat> i'm 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 interested in the idea that just at the idea I, here, here's what i always think when i read this and it was it's a great piece because like i said you talk to rego but you also i think what you've seen mostly is people talk just to BPG and just to Przicki, Uh, But you went further and sort of talked to some other sort of real estate interests, um, banking interests, and that kind of thing, which is interesting to me. Um, but everybody looks at this situation as sort of, you know, I worked in banking for 24 years. Mm -hmm. And part of that is sort of like thinking about your losses, like who's going to be bankrupt and who's going to not be able to pay and how are we going to get that? So like the problem, the, the issues, the bad loans, whatever. But nobody ever in a, at a bank when you're doing this for a profit, nobody ever says like, wow, we would be better actually if they, you know, if we were able to help them in some way. Now, sometimes that happens whether there's a, a national emergency or, or the COVID thing, you know, they will give you sort of some sort of m modest relief. But the concept of the company is we don't really care. We're not going to address that. We're just going to try to minimize it. We'll try to minimize the people that can't pay, but we're not going to like think of a way to help them pay because it's not in our interest. Now, now, as a, as a as a as a government, as a as a as a public, as a public philosophy, I don't know if that's a good public philosophy, because what you're saying is that um, 
you know, people who need to fix up their homes, don't live in the classiest neighborhoods, maybe are homeless, or they need, um, you know, extra services, whether they're medical or mental health or, uh, you know, drug uh, addiction or whatever that is. And, and so it's very interesting to me that these people discuss this issue with you as you as 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 like the board of directors would discuss banking strategy. But the difference is it's not a private it's not a private enterprise. It's a public enterprise. You know, BPG supposedly is supposed to be in a public-private partnership for the benefit of the city. But the city, as defined, does not include some of the residents that you spoke to. See what I mean? I understand what you're saying. Um, yeah, I mean, business, you know, business is supposed, I mean, I'm just kind of recapping what you said. And, and yeah. It's controversial businesses are there to make money that they're supposed to maximize profits period that's why they're there um whether that should be the case or not that's how businesses operate um and government should be there to think of the you know the total society and helping helping everyone with with wilmington specifically you you're, you're saying that that this business approach has bled into government thinking no, I'm saying it's exactly this. It's the same blood. Okay. I, and 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 I guess that's that's my and 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 that's my I guess that's my first sort of um, point to it is as as people read this, um, I hope that see there's two different kinds of ways to read stories like this. One is sort of in in, in the way of like okay these are all the stressors. That are stressing this strategy because of in, in this in this case COVID and, and people working from home and not not going out in, uh, in restaurants and and the social sort of life and the cultural life has been shut down and all of that and so that the 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 consumer engine is slowed down and so I don't and, and so I what I the, the the final step of this sort of argument would be. Is it appropriate to govern a society based on a consumer engine? Well, let me ask you. I mean, how how would you fund the city uh, without focusing on on you know filling empty offices and and you know maximizing the, the total workforce? Uh, the first thing I would do is if we're going to run. Like, if we're going to be a world-renowned tax haven, uh, the way, say, I don't know, Luxembourg is. Right. And people can park money here and save billions and billions of dollars just by, uh, secretly, uh, just, just by setting up these, uh, these financial instruments, these corporate, corporate financial instruments, then there sh the, the cost, whatever, whatever we charge for that, should ensure that nobody's homeless. I see. If we're going to let banks operate here and pay no tax and, and charge what used to be called usury interest rates to, to charter banks here, and it's the best deal they can get in the entire world, 
then people should be able to get mental health services more easily. So I, I actually don't, I mean, I'm, I've almost resigned myself to the fact that this is how it's going to have to work because nobody has a, nobody can th think outside the box. I mean, I've talked to Prisicki guys, maybe one of the stupidest fucking guys I've ever talked to in my life. And so I understand he's a, he's a tool for BPG to suck money out of the public coffers and to make Rob Buccini go live in a mansion in Pennsylvania somewhere. I get that. I've accepted that. There's nothing I can do about that. But I think that the people who got left behind should get a bigger cut. I guess I'm 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 curious and I, you know, personally I don't believe the system as it's working out now is is optimal. I mean, clearly we have you know, we have parts parts of the city that are have been where where lots of people have been living in poverty and, and you know poverty is not a term we should use lightly that's 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 something that that should be that should shake us when we think about the united states and people living in poverty and there's a lot of people that live in poverty uh here next to next to prosperity next to where there are companies that are that are well capitalized multinationals um but with all that said i, I um you know short of short of completely reorganizing the economic system what 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 are your what are your proposals to short short of reorganizing the economic system because <laughs> that's one that's actually one of my proposals actually. okay all right i mean <laughs> i mean okay i, I mean but, what does that mean i guess is the question does, does that mean higher taxes on on the rich of course, yeah. I mean, okay, that's but, but what else? About I mean, that's that's not really well, reorganizing the economic system. That's just higher taxes. No, I, I I agree with you. I think there's there's one thing that that we should discuss too. So you have you have a concern, you know, by by from the, a lot of people, a lot of elected officials, that if you raise taxes, let's say we want to tax tax the rich, right? If you if you if you do that. They'll go. They'll go back to Pennsylvania. Capital flight. They have already done it. They've already all done it. Rob Buccini already lives in Pennsylvania. It's already done. That's done. That's happened. And so that's that's in a lot of people's minds, right? So I'm I'm saying we need to think about this this phenomenon that that is kind of guiding decisions. I think. I I I think it is over. People moved to people moved to Pennsylvania. People moved to Pennsylvania because the public schools here are not as good as the ones in Pennsylvania because the. Because the because the rich people want to go pay, because the rich people pay no taxes here, so the schools stink. So they go where they where the schools are better and pay more tax. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's all bullshit. I mean, not to put too fine a fucking point on it. I think, you know, of all like the real simple sort of questions that we talk about here and arguments that we have like with politics and everything, that's one of the biggest ones. Is they say if we raise taxes, people will leave. And I said, well, can you show me where that's happened before if you raise somebody's taxes by, you know, 15 basis points? They're like, well, no. Oh. I mean, it, it does happen. I've reported how, how it happens in, you know, on a smaller scale with Wilmington. Marlette funding, um, a growing financial uh, fintech company, gives out loans. They, their initial headquarters, which they've since moved from, was I don't remember what it was 50 yards from the city limits and specifically because of the wage tax 
Yeah, of course. I mean, that, that yeah, yeah I'm, I'm sure that happened. I mean, I know that happened. I remember, I remember when we moved, uh, when I started my career at MBNA, I was in the, 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 the suburbs. And I lived, I lived in Pike Creek and I worked in Newark for like two and a half years. And when they, this is when they built the big brace bridge complex on Rodney Square. That's now, I guess, Bank of America owns it now. Uh, no, it's it's actually been Whatever. sold to a Texas real estate company. But yeah, yeah, you would know. I was just gonna. It was funny that you said that because I was like, you would know better than I do who owns that building. When I started my career, none of that was there, and they built all that, and then they moved us all in there. And one of the big things was like, well, what are you gonna do? And what they did was they gave us all a, a, a percentage and a half raise. And it just covered only to cover the the thing, so that's that's what they did. And so, like, I I, I understand that that's a uh, that's something you have to sort of have a concern about. But I think my position would be, we need to start. We need to start like, I, sort of like I said with the Carney thing. We need to start calling it out. And being like, well, why why do you want there to be homelessness and people to die? Well, we need to make money. Well, that sounds pretty sick. You sound like a like a psychopath. Like, why don't we talk? I don't understand why we don't talk to people like that. Like, if you're looking to save a hundred dollars, but you know that we can't house all of our people, but you make I don't know, I'll make up a number five hundred million dollars in the first quarter of night of whatever. We should we should look at these people and be like, you you you're a sick. You're 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 a sick individual, but let's you know what? Let's move on to the to the port story because I I think this kind of um at least one detail in it sort of proves sort of proves what I'm saying. Um, so another story you wrote. You're very busy. You've been on you've been on the streets. We'll talk about that too. Uh, but for for Delaware Public Media NPR in uh, here in Delaware, the port of Wilmington faces headwinds by Carl Baker also last uh, last month. Uh, and basically, uh, I, well, I guess I'll get I'll let you give the premise about sort of Gulf Tainer, the Emirati firm, kind of taking over the port in a, of course, a public-private partnership, uh, and and what that's meant uh, and where that is right now, and then we'll talk about some of the details. Yeah, so they they um, they this company uh, Gulf Tainer struck a deal with the state a, a few years ago, 2018, um, where they took over the operations. The state still owns the land of the Port of Wilmington. Uh, the operations are all private now. Um, that was supposed to create a bunch of jobs, inject new investment into the port, and also give the state, uh, you know, a few million, million dollars every year in these these fees. Um, the state has got has got kind of on the lower end of the of what they estimated the fees would be. Um, it has not. It it has it has got it has received um, the the port of Wilmington's original location has received the investment that was promised. There hasn't been the investment at this new location where a container port is was to be built. That's that's been delayed um, because of permitting, they said, and because of the the kind of the slowdown in, in international trade with with the, the pandemic. Um, but. Aside from that, there's just there's just a lot of uh, kind of consternation around the port right now. There there's a number of lawsuits uh, from entities that are suing this new entity. Uh, the the local entity is called GT USA Wilmington um, for 
for either not paying them or for trying to squeeze money from them that they say they, they are not owed. Um, there, there are uh, people, workers at, at, at the union that was part of the state's operations prior to the, to the changeover um, who, are, who are saying, look, we haven't, we haven't got a retirement. We, GT hasn't given us any, any sort of pension or 401k since we've left. Um, and we just, they just changed our health benefits where, um, as our premiums are, are, are higher and our, our benefits are, are, are not as, not as rich. Um, now I, I don't know what GT says to these claims cause they wouldn't talk to me. Um, really what, what the story is, is, is bringing everybody up to speed about where they are now about a lot of the challenges that they face and and how that um, this 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 future that they sold for the, for the port as as a near certainty um, appears less so now I mean we still might we still might achieve that there, but um, but there are there are there are a number number of issues that, that the port's facing right now yeah so here so let's start picking this apart the, the 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 public the 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 city or yeah or the yeah it is the city it's not the county this we there the state maybe i guess owns it the state the, yeah. the, the public entity whatever that is owns the port we own an asset and at that asset we have union workers who work there and create value by using our our asset our our deep seaport here right now a bunch of entities because of the slowdown in in global trade uh a bunch of entities are now suing each other uh for trying and trying to get this money or that money but the words you said which is very interesting was that um we're, we're on the lower end of what we were supposed to be getting back from this that that was a specific reference to the these fees, these gotcha. annual operating fees. That right. So this is the like the, this is what we're so we have an asset, a public good, that we're supposed to get value from. Right. And are and the people who live here, the unionized workers who live here, are supposed to get paid. Uh, and 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 from what you're reporting, some of that's being delayed. They're not. They're not. They're. They're not getting regular. You know. They're. They're also getting. I guess what we would call the lower end of their wages. Their. You know. Their fees because they're. They're not. You know. They're having trouble. They're. They're in controversy too. And maybe that has a lot to do with these sort of entities that are going back and forth. But these private entities that are suing each other, it seems to me, and and tell me from the details that you got in your reporting, these are just private entities trying to maximize their their. The, what they're going to suck off of this public asset like they're trying to figure out how much they can get what they can take from something that's not theirs that we signed away for a fee that we may or may not get based on the global fucking based on global trade and that the longshoremen might or might not get paid uh, whatever like like th this is a no go tell me give, so give me some details and we'll hash this out yeah so i mean i i i don't think that's right um <laughs> okay give me give it to me with, with respect to the lawsuits i mean the okay. lawsuits are, are 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 pretty straightforward um there are indications there might be more to come 
but for example, one of them is is Norfolk Southern Rail Company. Right. They, they say, look, GT owes us owes us money for storing some for for rail storage for st- storing some some cars. They haven't paid us. I mean that that's just a that's just a business dispute that they say they haven't paid them. Um, you have you have the um, the the company that offloaded boats before the, the port was privatized. That company, as part of the deal, was was bought by GT. That company says, "Hey, we had this independent third party assess our value, and you're not giving us the money that that was agreed upon." You have you have a you have the the previous healthcare managed fund uh, managers who are suing GT, saying, "Hey, you guys didn't pay us last fall for for the the contributions you have to pay regularly, so that we, you can have this this." Your your workers can benefit from this healthcare uh, coverage. So, I mean, I, the way you had portrayed it, I don't think was that. Accurate. No, I, this I, is not I, this I, is not this is not kind of different entities fighting to 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 bleed the public dry. Which yes, is kind of- I will I will uh, let me clarify or let me uh, explain it a little deeper because I, I appreciate that. That's good good criticism. The reason that that's occurring is because one. Like, because we've signed away the operation of this. We've signed away the use of it and the value of it. And it's not ours anymore. And now they're supposed to just basically pay us fees. Now they have all these side deals with all of these other private entities that used to work this way. Now that now we're our, the value that the public is getting from a public good is contingent upon uh, all of this, uh, depending on how much money private entities want to pull out of it and they're going to argue about their cut before we even get a cut. And the reason is because we signed it away. No, it's just uh, your premises are not exactly precise. I mean, well, the, well, what's the, my premise? Tell me what my premise is. Well, you said they're, they're fighting over a cut before we get a cut. Uh, the state, although it's the low end, there's a minimum annual fee that gt oh, thank good thank goodness so for i mean but what i'm saying is is that like the minimum wage is that like the, the 750 an hour is that what is it, it, i think it's three million dollars, a minimum but, a minimum annual fee sounds, but sounds my, my point sounds is a lot like burger flipping i i think some of these entities that are dealing with gt and others that i'm also speaking with uh that haven't actually gone to sue them yet they would say at least the state has a minimum fee that they're getting it's our fucking port. Right. Yeah, I guess I guess we would get paid first since it's our shit. That, but if you're a contractor and you're going to the port to do something, and you do the work, and then you don't get paid. No, of course those guys should get paid. I'm, I'm making a bigger point. And I guess that's the thing. I, I guess that's why how we disconnect all the time. Because you're thinking about in re, like how these things connect. I, I, I read your stuff, and I understand pretty clearly how they all connect. And the reason for all the problems that you're describing... Is because we signed it all away. Because we're we're counting on some private contractor and an Emirati shipping firm and what used to be an LLC called Murphy Marine and and whatever. Like we're depending on that whole scheme. For if we don't have that scheme, everything collapses. And the reason is because we had we had a port and we had an asset as a public good that we signed away. 
after we did that, you're explaining all of the problems and all of the things that are happening because we did it. But I'm telling you, the thing that I always like to point out is we don't have to put up with any of this bullshit. I, I, I'm just I'm, I'm curious here and, and maybe I'm going on a tangent, but, but just tangent. Kind of, I've been off on a fucking yeah. tangent from, since the, since the get. No, but just just to kind of get get your baseline, uh, would you have been more comfortable with the deal if they just sold the whole thing at the state just said, you know what? We don't want to be part of this business. We're going to we're not there's not going to be this this concession agreement. We're just going to have this whole asset and just sell it to whoever the highest bidder is. No. You you would not be okay with that? No. Okay. Not really. I mean, well, I, I, I guess think, because, because you're, you're fundamentally saying that ports should be to be run by the public. Correct. The, the, you know who should run the port? The Longshoremen's Union should run it. Okay. I mean, that would be different from the government owning it, though. Uh, yes, it would be different. From, good point. Great point. It would be different. That's right. I I think public people people misunderstand public ownership. Um. You know, I, I didn't want the government to sell it because I feel like the only the only um, the only control we have is through our elected officials in this republic that we have. And so I have to operate at least under that minimum thing. So, yeah, I don't want the public, as we understand it, to sell off our resources for a minimum fee and then then wonder why we can't have nice things. I guess kind of going back to my question to you, the what I was thinking, the purpose of that, which I didn't explain, was does does a port inherently because of its operations should that be should should those operations be public? Yes. Uh because you know, as opposed to uh I don't know, a a grocery store. Grocery stores should probably be public too. Okay. Well, what, I mean, what, what, uh, it shouldn't be public. Uh, that's a great question. I haven't thought about it enough. Probably most should be public. Um, and do you do you acknowledge or or what what do you say to the argument that that would make them less nimble? Nimble. What's nimble? Who? I I think the idea that I the idea that these entities have to be nimble is fake. That's a fake idea. That's an idea that we need to we need to adjust to the market. I'm talking about no market. Because so the, the services that exist today are the services that we should provide. Oh, we should probably provide more of them. We could probably provide more of them if we didn't if we didn't worry about being nimble and disrupting the market. It, you know, if we if we if that wasn't a con- if all of the things that create these problems weren't our number one concern, we could probably provide more services to more people. I think that's what I was saying before. That's my concern. It's like, why aren't we providing services to people? What we're worried about is how nimble a, a an entity can be to create to make sure an, a number goes up on a spreadsheet. And I'm saying that's not a good way to measure success. Okay. I mean, I, I think where I'm going with this is I think most people would agree that there are some some businesses, some industries, public schools, schools, for example. Most, although, I mean, not all. A lot of people agree that public schools should be the domain of the public sector. And there are there's the other side of things where most people would agree that, I don't know, cell phone manufacturing or cell phone developing should be the domain of the private sector. Point at what, what industry is so critical, like public schools, 
that you need to sacrifice. I'll use your example. The ability to disrupt. I'll use your example. What? Where do you draw the line? And I'll use your example. Over my left, right shoulder, is the Wipala flag that Lex was so uh, gracious to bring back from, and you were with him on the trip uh, to Bolivia. Right. The the reason they had a coup was because capital interests wanted to control their precious metals. One of the one of the big reasons is they wanted to control their precious metals mines. Right. And what Bolivia wants to do is to make sure that the precious metals in those mines get mined by their workers in a union and that the value of that is used for the people there to 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 have homes and eat and have highways and trains and all that shit. As long as it's public at that level, at the port level, at the mine level, you know, if you want to make, if, if, if 18 companies want to make a cell phone out of the lithium or, or the, the precious metals that they, that they steal from Bolivia and the Congo, then that's fine as long as, the, as long as the material that goes into this goes to the places where it's supposed to go. Um, it, it's, your, it's your position that, that we can't adjust things to make them more, to make it more equitable to the public interest. That that you know, increasing taxes or increasing the minimum fee that that the the end the new private entity pays, um, or or any sort of other just policy hard policy regulations, you don't think would 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 accomplish your desired outcome. No. Would... The idea that somehow there are little switches and knobs we can turn. To, to, to try to extract again. So capital's trying to extract everything this way. The idea that we can like there's there's certain knobs. If we just if we're wonky enough and we're smart enough, we can get people to agree to, to, to tweak this one this way. If you go over here, you can tweak that one that way. If you just change it, move the decimal point and carry the two. Well, it's not about smart enough. It's about government being strong enough to be able to enforce those. Well, it's not even. Okay, yeah, I, I see that, but it's, but it's not even strength, really, because really they don't want to, because the concept of government, as you as you as you uh, detail quite well, when you talk about Przyszki and BPG and this and that, the concept of the, the the way they think about government doesn't allow it. Just to kind of kind of sum up again what we're talking about, I mean, both of these stories that we've talked about highlight these the 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 difficulties to this this greater vision that was that was that was uh projected by by various people um the, the stories talk about how those challenges have arisen be, you know in line with the pandemic but you're again just to just to be clear it's it's your argument that these challenges persist persisted before it have gone through it irrespective of the pandemic and will continue afterwards that yes and and not only that the the biggest thing i take is that the pandemic and that that stressor actually what we would call uh sort of i'm not going to say it it made it more clear it uh you know there was a conflict there that that was that was sort of made more clear by the stress my interest in this is that it is 
taking this and 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 it, it should allow people to see what's happening in a more clear way because of the stress that's there because you're able to you're able to say okay the port's being stressed and all the stuff is happening around the port and you can report all of that and we can we can look at it and digest it and think about it and say huh yeah i guess i guess it's just a bunch of private interests that we sold off to just to get this minimum thing and now it's all fucked because of this other stress but what what was it like before so what happens if let, let let's say things turn around with the global economy um the port of wilmington increases its business they are able to build the container port within a reasonable amount of time and they hire a bunch you know more people than had been working there prior they as in gc the the, the private company hires more more people starts paying the state near the maximum of what the estimates were for its fee. Are you, I mean, are we going to have this conversation again and be like, oh, I was wrong or? No, because I wouldn't have been wrong. I mean, uh, let, me, let me give you an example. Are you as, are you, are you as, I think you're not quite as old as I am, so maybe you'll forget this. But there was a time in the, in the, uh, in the mid-90s uh, when Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton got elected. And uh, this, we ha we went through this. This already happened, right? And it was the end of history. Uh, capitalism won. Uh, this 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 market economy made so much money that we sort of ignored what say I don't know what uh, you know what these uh, trade what NAFTA was going to do. We didn't didn't matter. We thought the people who went to uh, who went skiing uh, at Davos every year were the smartest people in the world. Uh, the, 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 you know, Francis Fukuyama said that was the end of history. This is all we could do. This is the best we could do. Right? Right, I remember. Yeah, yeah, you would remember. And, and so, and so, so what? Like, it was just, it was just a papering over and a, and a theft uh, and a fake if we can't imagine something different than filling a bunch of office space downtown because we build a bunch of buildings for Juniper Bank 20 years ago, if we can't imagine more than that, if we can't imagine that the world can 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 do better than Buccini Pollen Group, we should just fucking give up. And that's what I get out. I mean, I'm I go back to it. That's what I get out of your work. I read it and I'm like, man, this is a sad state of affairs. Like this is garbage. So when are you launching your 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 new your your new site? What, what is I mean, just on that real quick? I mean, we 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 disagree about I think a lot of the remedy, but we you know we agree that there there's a problem. I, I agree that is you know a lot of issues are not just one offs. There there are systemic problems with 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 um, our system that doesn't doesn't consider morality too often but but i disagree i mean I, I i think i think there's a lot of good that comes from competition in in in, in marketplaces i think i mean i i i I, th I think that's why you know we have nimble you want to be nimble today, why a lot of people do i mean i i, I think Thank, i mean if we didn't have these if, if the if, as as consumers we didn't have these products where would we be I mean, we would be sorry, buddy. Still be cavemen. Right? I don't. I don't think so. I think we would be. I think there's a happy medium between cavemen and a new fucking phone every year. 
Okay. Well, all right. Well, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying is... Or, or I should say this. There's a happy medium between cavemen and having to buy all and being nimble. What's the new thing you can get? Can I get this new thing? Can I get that? I don't, I don't think being a consumer and having companies compete for, your, for, for, for you to buy new stuff and be nimble with like the new thing, whatever, competition, whatever. I, I think that's bad. I think all of that's horrible. And until people realize that there's a different way to organize than like having people figure out how they can make the most money by like making you the most best cons bestest consumer you could be, I think we're 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 not going in a good direction. So yeah, we we I mean, completely I, I, we completely I think, disagree. I think, it, I think we got to keep competition and also point out whenever morality is 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 completely ignored. Yeah, I don't think. But so. we can go on forever like this. You just like you like being an individual consumer because you like your stuff. Your skis I am, and, your, I, and your stuff. You love your stuff. I'm a your, corporate whore. I just your, don't want to. Your, your canoe, your canoes, and your and your. Uh, so what? So what? Are, are you gonna? Do we need to set a hard deadline for you to to have your stuff like ready to go? Or if you don't, my, my, my new site. Yeah, the news site. Yeah, I mean it, everything. It, things have been continually pushed back, and uh, as I had said, I don't know if it'll be in the in the final cut. I'm going to be gone this summer for a few months. I was. I, I'm going to try to get things lined up so that when I get back, I'll be able to launch it within a couple of weeks. Oh, cool. I'll, yeah, if you don't know, I'll, this I'll try to have at least three good stories published on that first day of the initial launch. So that'll be a part of the part of the initial work as well. It's just getting. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll be we'll be we'll be raring to go, especially if you know, focusing on the stuff we talked about. I think it's incredibly important. I, I mean, if it wasn't for this, I I don't know how I would get so upset. <laughs> But enjoy your enjoy your time at sea. Uh, <coughs> I hope you I hope you can maybe you can write like a, you can write some prose out there. You can write like the the great American salmon fishing novel. Everyone says that, and every time it's it, it, <laughs> it's just not for me. <laughs> uh, I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. Well, but, uh, you know, without the global economy, I want to be able to make money in Alaska. Oh yeah, nobody, no one would fish anywhere. You're right. <laughs> uh, no, the, no one ever did fishing before. Uh, this is a whole new, it's a whole new thing. We never heard of it. Uh, folks, thank you for joining us. I have no idea what this is going to sound like. I, what I didn't do earlier was uh, warn everybody that I was, you know, I was peaked today. I was in a little bit of a foul mood. I'm not going to lie. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to tease out of, of Carl Baker's work um, something that would challenge some of you. Um, I know... You know, a lot of you like to be spoon fed, but Carl's doing impressive uh, journalism. He's he's being accosted out of the the labor hall and all of that. So read his stuff and think about it more than just like superficial bullshit, because there's a lot there to unpack and think about. Um, you know, changes that can be made and ideas that can come up if you use your imagination. Carl, thank you for doing this. I appreciate it. I appreciate the conversations. I like it too. Everyone, you know how to hit us up uh, on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Highlands Bunker. You know, uh, you wouldn't think this, uh, but, you know, this kind of independent uh, work, you got to pay for it. Uh, I hate to do, I hate to say that. I mean, look, Carl Baker knows. You got you to gotta think about uh, helping us out, help us continue our work there. As always, read the Delaware Call. It's uh, the area's progressive online magazine. 
and uh, and just start thinking more critically. And just remember, left is best. Carl will make this good. Carl, Carl will make this good at the end. Don't worry. <laughs> I have no doubt.